I can't decide what was my favorite part of this game. Was it Marco Rossi's Gordie Howe hat trick? Was it Kirill Kaprizov's overtime winner? Was it Brock Faber's just another 30-point effort? Uh, there was a lot to pick from in this one as the Wild win 4-3 to three in overtime. Let's discuss all of the particulars on tonight's Lockdown Wild postcast. Fired up! You are Locked On Wild Postcast, part of Locked On Minnesota on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into another Locked On Wild Postcast as the Minnesota Wild pick up a 4-3 to overtime win over the Montreal Canadiens. A lot of huge performances in this one, and I'll start off by saying you probably let it get away from you a little bit if you're the Minnesota Wild, especially in the uh, middle of the game. Um, And it was honestly because Marco Rossi was out of the game because he fought for the first time in his hockey career. And just so many different big performances and you once again are more shorthanded than you had hoped because Ryan Hartman was injured. Now, sounds after the game that he is day-to-day, and so hopefully we'll be able to play on Saturday, but the Wild rolled with an 11-7 and lineup for this game because they were, again, shorthanded. But I want to read you the three biggest performances in this game tonight because I went through and uh, did a bunch of just totaling. Uh, in this game, look, get a load of these performances by critical wild players tonight. Kirill Kaprizov, 29 minutes, nine seconds of ice time. He scored the game winning goal. He had two assists. He was a plus three on the night. And he just continues to build. He was able to build off of the two great performances. Um, in the game against Pittsburgh and also in the game against the Boston Bruins. And so he follows those games up with uh, just another really solid outing in this one. Uh, but that's not all. You move to Brock Faber. What what more can you say about Brock Faber at this point? 33 minutes, 25 seconds of ice time. He scored a power play goal. He had an assist. He was a plus one. He had a block. He had three hits and he had a takeaway. Uh, Marco Rossi, 16 minutes of ice time in this one. And that includes 17 minutes of penalties. He had a goal. He had two assists. He was plus two on the night. And so just take your pick as to which performance was the best. But I I think I got to go with Marco Rossi because again, the team really went through a, um, The team really really went through a little bit of a lull with Rossi out of the game. And let's talk through that situation in which Marco Rossi sticks up for his guy, sticks up for Kirill Kaprizov. He didn't even hesitate to go up and uh, just beat down the the Montreal player that uh, I think Ghoul is his last name. 
had the huge hit on Kaprizov. Rossi just hops right in and says, all right, you're going to pay for that. And so Rossi ends up serving the uh, the two, five, and ten, and he comes back, and he just continues to be just an absolute menace out there. And this is exactly what was going – this is exactly what – the wild were hoping for, and I'm not, I'm not even talking about the fight. I'm just talking about the ability for him to have an impact on both ends of the ice and to have some of that, just, I'm not going to be denied. Yeah. That was a huge reason that Rossi was able to just fill up the score sheet in this one tonight. And I think the thing that I come back to again and again and again, is look at how many of the games since John Hines took over. Look at how many of the games since he took over that we have seen huge dominant efforts from Brock Faber, from Marco Rossi, Matt Boldy, Kirill Kaprizov, and Jewel erickson Those are the five guys that it seems like are in factoring into the end equation most often. And I I got to say, I really like the fact that that is the group that John Hines wants to go to war with and to have them be the ones that factor in the end result. Also, let's talk about the play of the game. Let's talk about the key play because I was laughing hysterically when this went down because of just what um, I I still can't figure it out. So in overtime, Kaprizov has the puck. He tries for the shot. It ends up getting blocked and it tips up in the air. It comes down to Marcus Johansson, Marcus Johansson and Kirill Kaprizov are on the same side of the ice with me so far, same side of the, well, you, you all saw it, but I, I'm still going to talk through it again. Kaprizov and Johansson are on the same side of the ice. There are two Canadians players between them and the net. Kirill Kaprizov slides in the most inconspicuous manner, slides behind the two Montreal players. And Marcus Johansson, full credit here, full send, full credit. He slow played it. He slow played it with the puck to pull in both guys and keep their attention on him to allow Kaprizov to slide. And you could you could kind of tell that they had eye contact with each other the entire time. But huge credit to Johansson for slow playing that to allow Kaprizov to just tuck behind and uh, set himself up for that overtime winner. That was just an absurd play for Kirill and for Marcus Johansson. And again... We get another another one of those Kaprizov games. That's two now in a row. That three now in a row. I'm surprised he didn't score in uh, in the game against the Pittsburgh Penguins because this is now we've seen this, and now that the goals have started to happen, now you see some of the swagger come back. You see the wraparound attempt that should have been a goal, let's be honest. But you see some of that stuff from Kaprizov where he now has the mojo back. He's got the groove back. He's getting pucks 
to the net. He's scoring, and it looks like he's having fun again, which I think is a huge part of the equation. But again, this is just one of those games that you can sit and nitpick and say, you know, yeah, the Wild should have won this handily. But at the end of the day, the fact that they were able to shake off continued responses by Montreal. And this is this is what the Canadians do. We talked about this in the pregame show today. Is this is a Canadians team that has six regulation wins on the season. They're one of the best teams in overtime in the shootout in the NHL. And so what they try to do is just get through the game and give themselves an opportunity to win in overtime or the shootout. And so they hung around, they hung around, they hung around. But the Minnesota Wilds, with four guys that play crucial roles on this team, with four guys out of the lineup, they find a way to get it done. And that is, that's the end-all, be-all there, is that you get the win. You get the two points, and the Wilds continue to just now as we'll talk about later on in this postcast, not as good of a night for the Wild from a standings perspective from the teams that they are chasing. Not as great of a night as against Boston. But now you've put yourself in a position going into Saturday's game where you have picked up the points you expected that you were going to in the three games so far. You figured that One of the two on the road between Boston and Pittsburgh was going to be a loss. It ended up that it was just the other game. So you get the two points there. You get the two points tonight against Montreal. And honestly, if if you can get the game to overtime against Boston or win it outright at home, coming away with five or six out of eight points in this week, that's a pretty... That is a week that you feel good about, especially considering the number of players that are out or banged up or are just are not able to give you anything at this point in the season. So that's kind of my thoughts on the entirety of the situation. But um, I, I liked I just I liked a lot of what we saw here in this one tonight. But again, let's go back to that Heinz core. I'm going to reference that going forward on Lockdown Wild. The Heinz core. Kaprizov, Boldy, Rossi, Eriksenek, and Faber are five of the players that had the biggest impact in this game tonight. That's the Heinz core. As long as that group continues to be focal in what is going on, with this team, good things are going to happen. So we'll break. We will take your comments. We've got a lot to get to here on tonight's Lockdown Wild postcast. We're not going anywhere. We're locked in for the long term. I've got uh, strawberry-flavored water here that will uh, be continuing to keep me propelled and to keep my voice from, from failing me. So we've got a lot to discuss in today's Lockdown Wild postcast, and we'll do that Coming up after this. Today's episode of the Locked On Wild podcast is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. 
What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home the win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Tonight's Lockdown Wild postcast is also brought to you by Sleeper. The NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities, whether it be Marco Rossi scoring a goal, Kirill Kaprizov scoring a second consecutive overtime winner, or the Minnesota Wilds making us all happy and someday, sometime, hoisting the Stanley Cup. You can win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey. Because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether players like Brock Faber, Marco Rossi, Kirill Kaprizov, or Matt Boldy record more or less than their Sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. And folks, it is so easy. All it takes is less than 60 seconds. And if you went with those players that I referenced just now, you had a great night, thanks to Sleeper. Use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKDOWNNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. What's up? What's happening? We continue tonight's Locked on Wild postcast as the Minnesota Wild pick up a 4-3 to three overtime winner against the Montreal Canadiens and uh, taking a look at your comments here as we uh, roll through the uh, Lockdown Wild postcast for tonight. We'll start with Bob because I buried the lead, folks. I completely buried the lead in tonight's game. Um, Marco Rossi had a Gordie Howe hat trick. He had two-thirds of that in the first period. And he comes back at the end is still a huge factor at the end of the game. But I just love the willingness for him to be willing to do what was necessary after Kaprizov takes the big hit against the boards. It's not a situation where Rossi is ever looking to fight. It was the first fight he'd ever had in his hockey career. Not looking to fight, but being willing to step up and answer the bell when something like that happens. Being the player that was closest to be able to do something about it and following through and doing it. And you saw the reaction on the wild bench after he did that. The entire team went nuts. And that is something that this group is not going to forget. And that is one of the things that was most mentioned with Marco Rossi last year when he was sent back down was that he just needed to add a little bit of that kind of FU attitude 
to his game. And we've seen it time and time again throughout the course of this season that he he has a ton of it. And so that honestly was one of my favorite parts of the game. And you could kind of see that he obviously hasn't been in a lot of fights really ever up until the end of the fight, which he definitely ended it. That uh, that strong right hand uh, that that ended things. And he comes back in, as mentioned, he found a way to get 16 minutes of ice time in a game in which he spent 17 minutes in the penalty box. So if not for that, he probably was looking at a 23, 24 minute night himself. So huge props to Marco Rossi for uh, continuing to just absolutely do what is necessary to come away with the win. Bob joining us, battered and bruised Warriors. Spurgeon, Brodeen, Hartman, who, by the way, and I'll mention this often throughout the postcast for those that are popping in um, periodically. John Hines said after the game, uh, Hartman is day-to-day. And so the hope is that he could return on Saturday, but... We'll wait and see. By that tone, my guess would be probably more like Wednesday after Christmas, but I'm I'm not sure. But day to day, I felt bad for uh, for Jesse. Uh, <laughs> if you if you follow the Bar Down Beauties podcast, Jesse's one of the best. It took like the sixth question for her to finally get hers, which was about Hartman. It took the sixth try for her question to get answered. And that's that's just how it works out. Jesse's one of the best in the business. But I was listening to the post-game comments and I found myself just kind of saying, geez. <laughs> so she she asked about Hartman. He's going to be day-to-day. Now, if on Saturday, if Hartman is not able to go, I don't think the Wild are going to do 11-7 and seven with Boston. I think we'll see Jake Lucchini get in. One of the leading goal scorers for Iowa. He had nine goals so far this season, and he was called up, ironically, right after I finished recording today's episode of Lockdown Wild. So he gets called up to fill the roster spot by Matt Zuccarello being put on injured reserve and Hartman not being able to go. Emergency status. So I would imagine he will play on Saturday if he's if Hartman is not able to go. The Wild aren't going to go to the 11-7 and seven well, I wouldn't think, um, for that game. So just, you know, another thing. I, I want to now go in and look officially because we said it after the game. Rossi with just an absolute, um, just another monster effort for um, the Wild here tonight. I want to look and see where he is at officially with the stats and um, not factoring in here tonight. Uh, so thanks to NHL for having not updated yet, but Rossi was third heading into tonight in points for rookies and second in goals. So he added a goal. He added uh, a couple of assists in this one as well. So congratulations, folks. Marco Rossi now in second place for rookies um, in terms of points and second in goals as well. 
he uh, continues to um, he continues to just every game just uh, continue to get things um, get things done. As Bob says, marvelous Marco Rossi. So Rossi now second in the NHL in points and goals. And as Denny notes, Denny, one of our everydayers, one of our all-time postcast joiners, look at what 15 pounds of muscle has done for Marco Rossi. He's absolutely right. He bulked up in the offseason, and he just continues to be rewarded for his efforts because guess what? Here's the other part of this, the other mentality part of this. The first spot that Marco Rossi looks to get to on the ice is the front of the net. And folks, if you are going through a shooting slump, I'll tell you what, it is really hard to get to that part of the net. It's really hard for those types of shots to go through a slump. Um, look at what Kaprizov has done the last couple of games. Those dirty areas, the dirty spots, you get there, more often than not, you are going to be able to uh, come away with goals. Bob also noting, too, two Tampa Bay trades bringing a winning attitude. Um, I I love this take because you look at what Pat Maroon and Zach Bogosian have brought to this team, and the it's, it's not necessarily like production-wise, you know, they are what they are, but the fact that Bogosian is able to rub off on a guy like Brock Faber a little bit who profiles more like Jared Spurgeon, but if you can have a guy who has won and knows what it takes to do so, like Zach Bogosian, uh, if you can have him rub off a little bit on Brock Faber and especially Damon Hunt, who they uh, frequently get paired together, that's great. And then having a guy like Maroon, having a guy like Marcus Foligno, who can rub off on Rossi a little bit, um, although I continue to say, the player that I think has had the biggest impact on Rossi and on Matt Boldy is Jewel Erickson. And that, that excites me a lot because if you could get two additional Erickson like players, um, that could, uh, could be on this roster. That's those are things that we like. Those are things that we like to see. And also what we like to see is uh, devoted listeners like Tracy letting everybody know to punch that like button for Rossi and his Gordie Howe. Make sure to hit that like button as we move through the uh, the rest of the postcast here. Bob joining us. Bummer, Avs and Stars pulled points tonight. Both teams are sliding. Yeah, we're, we're starting to see the earth kind of shift back to not just having everybody in front of the Wilds continue to win. The Arizona Coyotes have a 3-1 to one lead over the San Jose Sharks with seven minutes to play in the third. St. Louis beat Florida. Nashville beat Philly tonight. And Calgary is beating Anaheim by a score of 2 to nothing. So no help for the Wild in uh, tonight's action, but it's okay because um, the Wilds continue to handle their business. And as long as they handle their business, those teams are going to eventually lose. So you just got to take advantage of um, of some of those things going on. Quadrum joining us. 
I don't even think Kaprizov is hurt anymore. He just needs to get his conditioning back up. The more he plays like himself, the sooner it'll be back. And I was kind of on this. Um, I was kind of on this train too. Is that it's more Kaprizov learning how to play with the injury, or learning how to play and kind of move past it. And it just so happened that his confidence kind of went down the the crapper too because he wasn't scoring. And so now that the scoring has come back, he's able to just relax. He's able to just do his thing. And it has led to, over these last three games, arguably his best work of the season. It has led to him finally getting rewarded for his efforts um, in this one. Uh, Steve R., I see your comment uh, from earlier. Uh, Thank you for letting me know on that. Um, I'll take a look at that first thing in the morning. Um, see if we can't get that figured out. So uh, appreciate you uh, letting me know. We'll uh, we'll get that lined up. We'll get that ironed out here. Um, in regards to Apple Podcasts, we'll uh, we'll get them back up and running for you. Denny Brock Faber is up to the Bobby Orr line, and like Wes Walls said it during the game, and it was just crazy to me because I was like that he said that uh, Brock Faber has only been on the ice. In five on five time, he's played like 80 minutes of five on five time. And I think it was sometime in the first period that it was said. So you factor in another probably um, 27 minutes of ice time after that. He said that Marco Ross or that uh, Brock Faber was only on the ice for one five on five goal in his last 80 minutes of five on five ice time. And you look at his performances. And it seems like the more minutes he plays, it seems like the better he gets. I mean, I'm just going to pull up his game log from the last few games. So he played 30 minutes in uh, the win against Calgary. 30 minutes, 8 seconds in that win. Then he played 31-34 in the shootout win against Vancouver. He played 28 minutes, 18 seconds against Pittsburgh. That was a four to three loss, but then 30 19 against Boston and 33 25 tonight here against Montreal. In the month of December, he's averaging 27 minutes of ice time per night in the month of December alone. And he has now eight points in the month of December. He's got a goal. He has, um, seven assists. He just continues to churn out pluses every game. And I thought the thing that was coolest tonight was getting rewarded for now being, and like, let's, let's just speak this into existence. When Spurgeon and Brodeen come back, Brock Faber's not going off the top power play unit. I'm sorry. Now that he is playing there consistently. And now that he got a uh, sick power play goal tonight, He's not coming off that top unit. You are committed to him in that spot, and you are just going to go through the ebbs and the flows of him in that spot because he is learning as he goes how to properly handle a top power play unit. You're not going to bump him. Let him continue to roll, and I promise you, you're not going to be disappointed. And so the fact that he got a power play goal here tonight, he talked with Kevin Gorg after the game, 
It's that he's still kind of he's still kind of feeling his way through it a little bit, but just relying a lot on kind of his instincts to uh, to get him through those spots, and um, he just continues to make winning plays. It's it's something that um, it's something that this team just cannot get enough of, and I mean clearly the formula for Faber is to play him over thirty minutes a night, and you're going to end up winning. Now, how the team gets him from 30 to 35, from 35 to 40, so that he never comes off the ice? I kid, I kid. Um, But th- that's going to be just such a weapon that John Hines can use once Spurgeon and Brodeen come back because he's showing very, very much so that he can be relied on in every situation so far this season. So just, just a monster that uh, continues to just be such a fun player to watch. His extension is going to be a lengthy one, but it's going to, regardless of what he gets signed to, it's going to be a, um, it's, it's going to be a bargain for this team. Uh, Sloth with some Lucini uh, expertise, great Michigan tech Husky, very skilled, but loves going to the dirty areas. Put him in line. (laughs) I love to hear, about players that prioritize getting to the dirty areas because that's the easiest way to score goals. And so if he if he does that too, he's going to fit in just fine with this uh, Minnesota Wild team. And so, you know, let's continue to roll through the comments here. First three-point night for Rossi, I think. Um, Mike, I'm going to do a quick check here. I'm going to check just to make sure because I, I think you're right. But let's just make sure um, he had a two-goal game against Chicago on December 3rd. He had a two-point effort against the New Jersey Devils on November 2nd. Uh, Yes, this is the first career three-point game for Marco Rossi. Um, And again, the thing that just drives, the thing that just boggles my mind is that he got 16 minutes of ice time tonight and he spent 17 minutes in the room waiting out that two, five and 10. And he still found a way to get 17 minutes of ice time. Now the other guy, and I don't want to, um, I don't want to let him get left out in the cold. Jewel Erickson again tonight. He had 23 minutes, 22 seconds of ice time. He got his four shots. He's had three shots or more in like, 26 of 31 games this season, which is absurd. He was a plus one, two blocks, and he won 16 and lost 13 in the faceoff circle. And (laughs) combined, the rest of the wild players, the only other player that had um, more than that, that had double digit faceoffs even attempted was Freddie Goudreau. Marco Rossi was 0 for 5 in the circle. Connor Dewar, 2 and 2. Matt Boldy, 1 and 1. But Erickson Eck just continues to be like the face-off guy for this team, whereas it's not... John Hines is not going with the approach of, okay, this line comes out here, um, and you, as the center of this line, take the face-offs. There's some of that going on, but by and large, it's like Erickson X is going to be out here for the face-off and we'll kind of move from there. Um, so it's it, he just continues to do these little tactical things that I find so interesting. 
Um, and he just continues to uh, continues to put forth these winning efforts as part of the Heinz core. Denny, I think Rossi will come out on top simply because of who he plays with. And he, the thing too now is that Rossi is confident enough to be a contributor himself, but he's also being assisted by the guy. It's just a, it's just the perfect storm of, um, it's just the perfect storm of give and take on the line combinations. He's playing great himself and contributing himself. But those line mates, you know, and especially Zuccarello too with Rossi, that combination had some real good chemistry before Zuccarello got hurt. And you look at it now with um, some of those other guys in there. Marcus Felino simply just like making sure that nobody tries to rough him up. He's he has the respect of his teammates. And that is something that is sometimes hard to earn as a young player. He has the full respect to the entire team. And so there's not a situation you don't trust him in as a teammate. And that just leads to, you know, that leads to the shots getting to the players that they should. Uh, so it just, again, just a testament to, um, just a testament to Rossi's working. Um, for everything that he gets nascar kelly joining us i'm late but have you talked about how the uh canadians got their three goals one of them one of them was a deflection off of jake middleton past philip gustafson and you know the others were um suzuki got one i if i recall correctly and the other was just kind of a busted play david savard able to get one past Philip Gustafson. There was one, and I'm forgetting exactly which goal it was, but there was one where Middleton inadvertently screened Gustafson. I think it was the Savard goal. Gustafson got inadvertently screened, and it just kind of zipped past his ear in. So it, it wasn't one of Gustafson's more sharp efforts of the season. Um, but it, it was a, uh, it, he didn't need to be because of, uh, what the rest of the team was able to do. Now, Gustafson has certainly won plenty of games for the wild this year and last year too. So all you need is for your goalie when the offense is playing like this, all you need for your goalie is to simply make the expected saves, make the ones that they can cleanly see. You're going to have nights where pucks get deflected past or inadvertent screens. As long as flurry and Gustafson can make the ones that you're expecting, then this, this team's going to be fine. But um, it, it's when you start to let in those softies and you go from letting in like zero to one softy a game to one to two, uh, that's where the problems lie because then you're asking your offense to try to overcompensate for that. And it's not as easy sometimes as, uh, as that for them to do that. So it was, it was an okay game for Gustafson tonight, but, um, again, he got bailed out by the Heinz core, as I continue to say. Quadrum 
What about that early play by Faber where he's back skating into the zone, loses the puck, just calmly strips it in the air, palms it and drops it and passes it out. And again, these are these are the things that the camera doesn't fully pick up on, but these are just the winning plays. It's winning pedigree for guys like Brock Faber. Just not panicking because of a mistake um leading to opportunities to just make make it right. Like if you make a mistake or you you do something that leads to an opportunity for the other team, shake it off and just go make another play. And I think the fact that we haven't seen the things that Dean was so noted for with young players, such as dropping a guy in the lineup or sitting him for an extended period of the game. I think the fact that Faber and Rossi in particular have just been given the opportunity to do whatever, anything that happens over the course of a game. They've been allowed to just do their thing. And I think the fact that they have been able to do so without fear of repercussion for mistakes has been just completely freeing to them uh, at this point in the season. Poop McGee joining us. I've been saying since the beginning of the season, Faber and Brodeen might be the best D pair in the conference. Honestly, spot the lie. I I, I don't think this is in an inaccurate statement. Um, it just uh, it's it's a great combination, which is why we miss it so much. Um, and hope that the Brodeen's able to come back and make an impact for this team. Um, off of injured reserve, because if you can get Brodeen back and healthy and you add that to the mix with Faber, and then you can just ride that pairing into the grounds and also be able to sprinkle in Spurgeon and Middleton, but then also be able to put Zach Bogosian back on that third pairing. And I, I was planning to not talk about the third pairing tonight. <sighs> If you can get Zach Bogosian onto that third pairing and just can get not a hand grenade on the other side, the D pairings, um, the D pairings look much better. And again, they've been playing pretty well considering the circumstances over these last few games. Um, there haven't been major uh, defensive breakdowns, and as Bob notes here. Middleton was just the victim of some unlucky puck luck um, in tonight's game. By and large, he's been really good over the uh, the last 15, 20 games. Just sometimes you uh, sometimes you don't have it. Uh, Denny giving some love to John Hines. It's so nice to have a coach that actually coaches. I thought it was interesting too. I was really intrigued to hear Hines' comments on the penalties after a game like tonight, because there were a lot of them. But I think also we saw a lot of boil over from what happens the first time that these two teams played. There was like 60 minutes in penalty time in the first matchup between these two teams. Who would have had the Montreal Canadiens and the Minnesota Wild being like despised rivals? I, I certainly didn't have that. But I think Hines, I loved the fact that he said he didn't think that there were too many penalties 
in this one that were like regrettable. And so Hines knows the game. He knows the ebb and the flow to where it's like, um, if you have a guy that gets slammed into the boards as Kaprizov did, you're going to go after the guy that did it clean hit or not. You're going to go after the guy. And so Rossi's penalties, that's one that you can live with. I mean, the, the I know the big one is going to be the uh, the Felino boarding call, but then even look at Bogosian's too. He got a double minor for roughing because he got um, he got tangled up and took exception. Like those are the kinds of penalties where you're like, okay, heat of the moment stuff, trying to uh, trying to kind of take care of things on the ice as they happen. It's the other ones, though. It's the holding the stick. It's the slashing. It's the tripping. It's some of those that are just like careless penalties or the ones that you can't have. And ironically, tonight, I don't know if the Wild had many, maybe one. Um, Let's just check the penalty uh, summary here tonight. Okay, they had Vinny Letary had a tripping penalty in the second period. But beyond that, Rossi got an instigator. Rossi got a fighting um, penalty and a misconduct. Zach Bogosian got a double roughing minor, and Marcus Foligno got a boarding. That was it. So you had one penalty tonight that would fall into that um, careless category, but uh, beyond that, um, Every, everything was pretty pretty clean in this one, and Montreal did get one power play goal tonight in, uh, what was it, five attempts. Minnesota Wild got two, so they were able to win the penalty battle um, here this evening for the first time in a while. They had the power play splits and uh, and were able to uh, to get them on their side. So... Next up for the Minnesota Wilds is a game on Saturday against the Boston Bruins. Now, you may have noticed over the last handful of games that uh, we've been in, we've been at home base. Well, that has been just trying not to get run down before Christmas. I've been really trying to not go the Brock Faber route with minutes and with travel and everything so that I'm able to enjoy um christmas break we're going to be back at the x on saturday most likely i might have family things going on um but planning to be back at the x on saturday then going to fully enjoy christmas we've got a couple of episodes that we'll have in the hopper for you on uh, monday tuesday so we will still have christmas day con content for you you're going to love it uh, it's a really funny idea that borders on what we did for 12 days of Christmas. So we'll see what the Wild are able to do on Saturday. If they can get a little closer to healthy. If not, then we're going to get an opportunity to see the Jake Lucchini show on Saturday, which will be fun. And the Bruins are coming to town. They're going to be upset about the loss. But uh, hey, handle your business at home. That's uh, that's going to be the key um, for what will happen on Saturday. Uh, yeah, Bob, we have um, let me let me go up and find it here because we did have one comment about Lucini, and uh, I thought it was a really good 
thought it was a really good one to kind of set the tone for what we'll get from him um, if he gets a chance to play on Saturday. It talked about, here we go, from Sloth. Uh, great Michigan Tech Husky, very skilled. He's leading Iowa with goals with nine, but he loves to get to the dirty areas. And that's a that's become a staple uh, of what this wild team has done recently. If they continue to do it, they're going to continue to win. I want to talk to Sampson. Great to see all four of Kirill, Boldy, Faber, and Marco all play well. That's the formula. Just get those guys all playing good together. Agreed. If you can get the Heinz core to beat the opponent on a nightly basis, you're going to win more often than you're going to lose. And also, if you can make sure that Brad Marchand doesn't lick any face, maybe him and Marco Rossi will fight on Saturday. You never know. Although, I don't get the sense that Marchand is much of a fighter. Uh, he's been around the league forever, but it feels like it feels like he's more of a, I'm going to let somebody else handle that one. Now, he will, I'm sure, if if the situation arises. But just let Brock Faber pull him off of Jake Middleton again, like he did in Boston. How about that, too, for Faber from Boston, where Marchand was all over Jake Middleton and was uh, was trying to you know, face wash him on the ice. And Faber just straight up pulls him off and separates him. Dude is just, um, he's just well beyond his years as, uh, as Minnesota wild defenseman, future captain Brock Faber. Um, and yeah, you bring that level of bite against Boston on Saturday, you're going to have a good time. So that's, I think we'll conclude Tonight's Locked on Wild postcast. We appreciate everybody hopping in here once again for another great turnout for these Locked on Wild postcasts. Before we go, though, make sure if you haven't already to uh, check out some of our most recent episodes with the episode description, and we'll include that um, in tonight's postcast. Make sure you vote. Locked on Wild is eligible for podcast of the year. For the Sports Podcast Awards, make sure if you haven't already to go vote. Voting goes until January 28th, I do believe. Uh, we are a finalist. Bar Down Beauties are a finalist. So make sure to vote for Lockdown Wild so that we can bring home some hardware so that I can um, I can display that directly behind my shoulder. I don't know if there's a trophy or anything. It would sure be cool if there was. Um, if if Locked on Wild brings it home, you'll see it in the background, and uh, we'll uh, we'll then try to make that a reoccurring bit year to year. Um, so follow Bob's advice, smash the like button before you leave, and uh, get some sleep, get some rest, and uh, we will have yet another episode coming up for you tomorrow morning. We'll get you geared up for. The uh, Boston game. We're also going to talk a little bit more about the Heinz core. I'm I'm trying to get in front of that, trying to get in front of that and call it the Heinz core. We'll talk about just how much of a wrecking crew that group can be for this wild team as we move forward. Uh, so make sure to subscribe. Make sure to smash the like button. 
Uh, Denny, I believe you can vote with different email addresses if you have them. I'm certainly not suggesting that people create like 50 email addresses, but I think you can vote once per email address for uh, for the Sports Podcast Awards. So just uh, everybody take care. Enjoy the rest of your night. And uh, we will have plenty more content for you here throughout the rest of the week. Minnesota Wild win four to three in overtime. And you have been listening to yet another Lockdown Wild postcast. So make sure to follow and subscribe so you don't miss out on any new content throughout the week. We have new episodes for you every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.